Welcome to <gasps> the Thrifty episode. It's like an earthquake. <laughs> Today you have two very, very special guests. Um, <laughs> Their and, names and are Hannah O'Day and Melissa Boswell. <laughs> and actually, you're going to be interviewing us, all the listeners, yeah. with the questions that you sent in through our social boom, media channels through our social media <laughs> channels but we have a, a real human that's going to be channeling those questions to us who is michael rose um he's a part of our beam, boom team and <laughs> our boom team and he's awesome and we're really excited to just celebrate 50 episodes of boom with you all it's gonna be a hoot so i hope you strap up and <laughs> strap in <laughs> Strap in, strap down. Strap all around. (laughs) Welcome to Biomechanics on Our Minds. My name is Melissa Boswell. And I'm Hannah O'Day, and we're PhD students at Stanford University. This podcast is brought to you by the International Society of Biomechanics. It's It's time time for for Boom. Boom. Welcome to Boom. We have Biomechanics on Our Minds. Boom. 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 This podcast is brought to you by Sage Motion. Sage Motion enables movement training through wearable haptic feedback. Sign up for a demo at sagemotion.com slash demo and write boom in the comment box. So here's your host for today's episode, Michael Rose. Thank you so much, Melissa. I am super excited to be here and to chat with you guys. Um, just for who I am, uh, I currently work as a research assistant in the Boston University Movement and Applied Imaging Lab uh, in lower limb biomechanics and the osteoarthritis. And for Boom, I've worked on the last four or so episodes uh, on the research side of things, writing questions and helping the two wonderful hosts uh, who have given me the opportunity to host for today. We have a few questions we've handpicked from the ones submitted to us from social media uh, that we'll be starting with. So uh, first question from Jerome Isles is, if you could go back in time and take your technology with you and do a podcast with the following one person per question, who would you pick between Anyone, a female scientist, a male scientist, and a biomechanist. You want to go first? Yeah. Let's do them out of order. Yeah. Whatever order we want. Okay. This is still our show. The one I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. That is the type of energy we need here. So thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So I mostly want to start with the female scientist because I was super excited about this question and then I realized, like, shoot, I actually, I can name a lot of male scientists, but I can't name that many female scientists. I can name, you know, a couple of Rosalind Franklin and, you know, Marie Curie and others who didn't have recognition. But then there's all the other male scientists that I feel like get heavily covered and there's laws named after them and things like that. So anyway, I was thinking more about it. And my grandmother actually is one of my favorite scientists and she passed away but she was a woman of her time she was born in 1919 and she was one of the only female chemists in the 40s and valedictorian of her high school and college classes wow. and a, yeah she was like set out for her chemistry <clears throat> career and she just always supported education in our lives like always made that really a priority and encouraged us no matter what we we're doing I feel like she was one of the first people to mm. make failure okay because it was all about doing our best so just want to give a shout out to her and and I think yeah. without her I probably wouldn't be where I am and we wouldn't be doing this so 
big thank you to her too. Yeah. Her. Yeah. So I'd love to do an interview with her. <laughs> I also would yeah. love to do an interview with your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'd probably pick Jane Goodall actually, because I remember just really like reading a lot about her. Mm-hmm. I always found her research really exciting. I, I was Jane Goodall for the Wax Museum show oh, that we put on God. at our school. So we'll I dressed up. a photo up. of that. Yeah. It, <laughs> I dressed up in my safari gear uh, with all my like monkey stuffed animals, which I had like one too many of those growing up. Um, I've since narrowed my collection, but anyway. <laughs> and I'm reading her book right now, The Book of Hope. So um, and I found that really inspiring, remembering the bigger picture as scientists to help the planet, help the world, and um, help others. So, yeah, I'd probably do my my interview with her. I love that. If we could do anyone, probably – I'd probably sit down at a table with, like, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Kristen Wiig, and Miley Cyrus. We just like the six of us. <laughs> that would be an incredible dinner party. It could happen. we got to make it happen. <laughs> Hundredth, hundredth, hundredth episode would be that. Hundredth episode. Here we go. We're manifesting it. Yeah, right here, right now. You heard it here. <laughs> uh, so the next question we have is actually two from Pavel Kutza. Uh, the first one is, what advice would you give someone wishing to start a podcast? I think the thing that's been the most helpful is mirroring successful podcasts mm-hmm. and doing a lot of research in terms of that. And and I think whenever you're starting something new, it's like doing the research, talking to people who have started something. Mm-hmm. And then for us, it was just like sitting down and going just doing for it. it. Just <laughs> jump in. Yeah, yeah. Just trying it. If, if somebody's interested in doing a podcast, you could contact us and do a student voices episode to kind of mm-hmm. pilot test that out, see what that would be like. But yeah, I think it's, it's about, also being yourself I think that's kind of a big thing that we learned and it took us a while to find that groove but just remembering to keep you know your personality and yourself with it and kind of make it your own yeah and I love like the buddy aspect of our podcast like Mm. I would never have done a podcast alone and probably never will but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully never will um and yeah and I think it's just been nice to have each other to bounce ideas off of and and also elevate each other experience or mm-hmm. like be in tune with one another and to support one another so I think yeah it's finding good people to work with and the people yeah good question I love the student voices plug. <laughs> yes <laughs> and their second question is if you were magically transported to the year 2100 how might the field of neuromechanics look at that? <gasps> this is a hard question yeah, should we just should we broaden it a little to like biomechanics in yeah. general and like what might we envision? Yeah, that sounds good. Do you have a vision? Do you have a vision for 2100? <laughs> well, I think I have a vision for and we've talked about this on the podcast, but like a more inclusive and worldwide biomechanics and interest mm-hmm. and enthusiasm for biomechanics with a lot of the studies that we are able to do now, we can enable these worldwide at scale biomechanics studies like Melissa's run. And I've only been able to do biomechanics in small cohorts of people, populations that are important and near near and dear to my heart, like Mm -hmm. people with Parkinson's disease, but it's pretty limited to the clinic that we work in to this geographic location and only people that can actually access that clinic. And I would love to imagine a future where anyone can be involved in and, and do biomechanics. Yeah, I think mine's similar. I think I would be most excited if we can use biomechanics as a marker of health and and sort of have mm. like a, a like a digital fingerprint where biomechanics is a big part of that and we have our own mm. like personalized models. We can easily test different therapies for people, different interventions for people. I think detecting things, being able to detect things early by the way we move, 
all of those things would be super exciting to me. Personalization, scaling up to be able to help more people. Yeah, things being accessible and cheap. All those things would be really cool to me. And neuromechanics. I don't think I know as much about neuromechanics, but I would like be like to be able to just send things from my brain to my computer to do things. Is that <laughs> part of neuromechanics? I don't know. We're getting but close. That's- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point, Melissa. I think so as originally sort of a neuroscientist, I think as a biomechanist, we often or I often ignore the upper part of you know, the sort of from the neck up and we mm-hmm. think about the muscle, like muscle and uh, musculoskeletal dynamics and systems. But the neuromuscular, it's really a neuromuscular system. And um, yeah. that is such a key piece of biomechanics. So I, I'm, I'm excited that in the future, we'll be able to integrate that more. We'll have models that are more accurate and yeah. and can, can really represent that piece yeah. of the system. Yeah. I see it as like figuring out how to fit biomechanics and as like one piece of the whole like puzzle of holistic and like this biopsychosocial approach to medicine and kind of integrating that because also yeah, in addition, like exactly. the psychology yeah. of movement and how we think about movement, how we can more like actively like have awareness of our body. And I think that's so fascinating. So seeing all of that kind of integrate and come together would be yeah. really cool. Uh, the next question is also actually two questions uh, from Ross Wilkinson. If you could swap the neuromechanics of one of your muscles to that of any animal, which animal and which muscle would you choose? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> this is a really hard question. I I feel like when asked sometimes like what my superpower would be, I, I like to choose flying. And I feel like mm. that would probably be more than one muscle and also some different anatomy. But I feel like if there's some way to give myself some wings, um, that would be kind of neat. That would be awesome. Yeah. I think that's one muscle. That's yep. So that's the muscle I would pick. The flying muscle. The flying one. (laughs) It's one synergy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah, in a similar way, I think there's this notion, right, that we're born like you can't make more fast twitch fibers. Mm. Um, So, and I feel like I was, you know, I'm very thankful and grateful for the body I have. But my reflexes. probably like in sprinting and like all of those sort of mm. you know fast twitch dependent not that reflexes are necessarily fast twitch but I just feel like I'm more of a slow and steady kind of girl and I would love to go yeah you want a little, a little pep more power step, little pep pep. Step. you know also I think what would be good for Hannah Hannah gets frightened very easily if you come up from behind her and I was just thinking she could use like the muscles that are in an owl's neck and the anatomy to like swivel your head around so you can always see what's happening so i do need that yeah she's falling out of her chair a few times but we love that about anna (laughs) well it actually transitions kind of well to the next question that that ross had about uh what were the most memorable or the most memorable moment from the first 49 episodes good bad embarrassing or otherwise wow what do you think most memorable. Well, we have we always have a word doc with like the questions, and we put some comments in there. And I just read your comment. Was what that was your my comment? comment? I don't even remember. I think it was about the promo video. Oh, that was made for us very kindly. Yeah, one but... time we were. Yeah, we paid this company. We're we our very first editing company. <laughs> Uh, we won't say their name to save Grace. Well, actually, I don't think they're around anymore. They don't anyway, exist, yeah. uh, we bought. Are they no for free, for free decided to make us a promo video and we were like super pumped because we we're like 
yeah, like we want a hype video. We're going to share it with everyone. And we got the video and I don't even, we can't even really can't describe really it in it full detail um, and keep it like PG. But a 10 second clip. In. It was basically like animated <laughs> characters um, in bathing suits, I'll say, dancing around with like um, it had nothing to do flashing with lights. Yeah, it had absolutely nothing to do with biomechanics. And the, the sound was... It was like a hype, like, like house EDM, music, EDM. Yeah. yeah, it was out of control. And Hannah and I, I think, just started crying. The funniest thing was it started that. really nice, like, with our faces, us with a microphone. Yeah, and then it escalated and it, very then it quickly. Zoomed in and <laughs> turned into a <laughs> the rave. Beat, the beat dropped, and it just went all, all crazy. Yeah. So that, that was pretty memorable. It didn't happen in an episode, but it was memorable. Yeah. If you'd like to see a glimpse into this promo video, make sure to check out this episode on our YouTube channel, where we actually show footage of the promo video. The other memory we have was when we figured out how many um, nuts the squirrel can hold or like how many pounds. How many, how many acorns how are many in a pound. How many acorns are in a pound. And we have that in our calendar as the day we figured that out. Yeah. So if you want to go back to Kara Wall Scheffler's episode, that's one of our favorites. And yeah, the research fail segment um, tells you about how many acorns are in a pound. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the saddest times for me was when we interviewed Walter Herzog at mm. a conference, and it's the most amazing interview, um, but the audio was terrible, and I I just want to cry every time. It's like <laughs> Melissa's biggest regret a, in life. It's my biggest <laughs> I, I, It keeps me up at night it's thinking true. about She'll that. She'll text me, I'm thinking about Walter Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not that extreme. <laughs> But I think that felt like one of the biggest fails because luckily anytime that we've had an issue with recording, it's always ended up being okay, even if we might have been like frantic at first um, and the quality might have not been the best. But everything's – I can't think of really any bad times we've There's had. There's been no bad times. Yeah. yeah. It only goes up. And it's still going. And it's just it's keeps, still going. It just keeps like- going. <laughs> so now we have some questions from the Boom team, me in particular. Um, <laughs> the first thing, as as you guys start every episode, when did you first know you wanted to be a biomechanist? We always joke in my family that I kind of fell in between my parents. My dad's a software engineer. My mom's a nurse. And I was interested in engineering. I was lucky enough to go to an engineering camp in middle school and, and high school. And I felt like bi- biomedical engineering felt like the most people-oriented or where I could actually work with people the most. And um, it kind of fell in between what my parents were doing. So, And I always just loved it. Like, I feel like as soon as engineering was suggested to me, I was just like, this is it. Um, I also grew up with my grandma who had a prosthetic arm, and I got to, like, watch the evolution of that, which was really amazing to see it from just, like, the rigid plastic arm that she had to a hook to, you know, a moving hook to then eventually an arm with some electrodes that could that could move a little bit. To me, like, seeing the difference that that made in her life was really inspiring and exciting. And, yeah, definitely. I thought I was going to work in prosthetic design when I started biomedical engineering, um, and my path has changed since then, but definitely was inspiring to get started in the field. I love that story. Every time I hear it, like it gives me shivers. <laughs> like, um, and your grandma just sounds like a a bad a badass lady. <laughs> she certainly was. <laughs> I thought that was just going to be bad, and I was like, your grandma. Yeah, I, think I know. She I was paused because she you like didn't know whether to say badass, <laughs> bad, bad lady. 
She, she was a bad. She was a bad lady. I'll tell you what. The person knows me well. I was like, you can do it. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um. <laughs> Hannah, would you care to answer uh, when you first knew you wanted to become a biomechanist? Um, yeah, I, I love this question. I think every time someone else answers it, I kind of think about what was my path to biomechanics. And Mm -hmm. like most of our guests, I think it was a little bit circuitous. I started as a biomechanist. I just said like I had a love for neuroscience toward the end of my undergrad. Um, And then I applied to bioengineering graduate schools because I like this sort of like um, engineering approach to bio problems, thinking that they, that was a lot more tangible. You Mm -hmm. got to see, you know, um, got to impact people within, you know, yeah, this century versus like some of the work that's amazing work that is done biochemistry, but feels a little bit, the work I was doing specifically felt like it had a longer time scale for having impact. And I love working with people. So anyway, I applied to bioengineering programs and I remember people asking me like, oh, what is bioengineering? And I was like, oh, it's like, you know, prosthetics and stuff, but that's not what I'm going to do. And (laughs) (laughs) then, yeah, coming here, um, I had friends that were interested in Scott's lab. And I was interested in Scott's lab from a neuro perspective and less a biomechanics perspective. So I started coming to lab meetings and kind of serendipitously, I would say, found biomechanics or it found me. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I ended up loving the people. It was really the pe- all about the people at the end of the day for me and loved the scientists that I was meeting, loved the people um, and patients that I was getting to interact with um, through the biomechanics and neuroscience community. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what made me say. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I feel like when I first got exposed to biomechanics research with Dr. Brian Davis, who came to the University of Akron kind of halfway through my undergrad, like without him, I definitely wouldn't be here. And he's the reason I started research in the first place and then introduced me to like conferences and the International Society of Biomechanics. And like, that's when like go- mm. I feel like going to my first conference was and meeting everyone yeah. and everyone being so excited and all the cool things going on. I was like, yeah, this is this is where I want to be. Yeah. And that you bring up a good point. Like, I'd like to give a shout out to my um, neuroscience mm. professor and undergrad professor, Joe Bordeaux, who I think it's so important to have people that support you and kind of see when you're not happy and try to figure out how to like, you know, mm. change your course and um, do what's right for you. So I really appreciated him. And I didn't even know what bioengineering, you know, really was. Or, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for the question, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of your question. It's it's every episode's question. <laughs> Thanks us for the question. <laughs> Actually, one more. I'm going to ask one more for every episode. Uh, Dr. O'Day, yeah. the, the newly confirmed Dr. Boswell, if you guys could just tell us a bit about Ooh. the current projects you're working on. Uh, in the field of biomechanics? Yeah, actually, before you do that, it kind of reminds me. So a lot of times people refer to us as the boom girls. And I don't know how this started, but now they can refer to us as the boom doctors. (laughs) I was just thinking, because I was like, boom women, boom Boom ladies. Like, it doesn't sound quite right. But I was like, wait, now we're the boom doctors. (laughs) Anyway. What kind of research are you working on, Boom Doctor? Right now, I actually am really excited to be working in the Wusai Human Performance Alliance at Stanford, which is this new alliance that's across six institutions nationwide and is aimed at figuring out the fundamental principles of peak performance. So we've always looked at health from a standpoint of disease. Well, not always, but usually tend to look at health. Certainly I did in my PhD from a standpoint of disease and how can we fix what's wrong? This alliance is trying to do the opposite and look at elite athletes or peak performers, 
whether it's physically or cognitively, and understand sort of what went right and how do we apply that to help human health overall. And so I'm working on some educational projects in that with that alliance, trying to train the next generation of scientists in these fields, as well as um, create some communication that helps establish this alliance as a trusted resource in the community for this type of research. And that the one I'm working on right now that I'm most excited about is a review of motor learning literature and trying to figure out sort of what have we learned from motor learning and how can we actually apply that to help people improve how they learn the different motor tasks or skills. And so, yeah, that's some of what I'm working on right now. How about you, Dr. Boswell, now that you're... (laughs) You're, you've passed yeah, the defense. Um, I guess three main things. So one is there's a lot of amazing new digital tools for measuring biomechanics. And to me, it's really exciting to take these tools and build them into usable systems and applications for people and clinicians. So we did that with the sit to stand test um, and a cell phone recording where over 500 people participated in our study across the country and recorded themselves doing sit to stand. We could extract their joint angles and kinematics from the videos and then relate those to health parameters. So we saw it was related to osteoarthritis status and physical health and things like that. So that was really exciting. And I think we're going to continue that in trying to make sure that it can be translated to a mobile app or an easy way to use that. And my time here also developed a psychological intervention for people with knee osteoarthritis to change how they think about movement and exercise. And we've tested that on a pilot test of 25 people. And now we're going to do a randomized control trial to see if that changes Mm. their mindset and increases physical activity. So that's kind of the psychology aspect going along where we're making these digital biomechanical tools. Making them mobile won't necessarily mean that people will use them. So I'm really interested in this like psychology piece on how we can help people adhere to them and and really make them as as effective as they can be and help people just enjoy moving and physical activity. I feel like that's a huge part of my life being Mm -hmm. active. And and I think it makes me really excited to think, help people think about movement in a more of a fun and exciting way versus just like something that they need to do and feeling like a chore. So that's something I'm really excited about. And then I think another project that I'll be working on during my postdoc is it's in the works. I'll say um, it's a a toilet seat. Okay. And (laughs) that's about as much as I will give. And it involves being excited about moving. <laughs> and it involves movement. That's my little little, little tidbit. teaser. Little teaser. Um, hopefully we'll have some more. Um, Coming some, to a bathroom near you. <laughs> some data soon and we can start to share that. But I think it, it still kind of revolves around this theme of, you know, digital assessments for, mm-hmm. for biomechanics that predict health parameters. So the next few questions get a little more into a little bit more into boom episodes and just, you know, boom over the years. Uh, I think the first one would actually be looking at impact. So have you um, learned anything during Boom, either like knowledge you gained from like an interview or just lessons you've learned from the podcast that uh, you've taken with you from the podcast to your everyday lives? That's a great question. I feel like collectively we've learned, uh, well, we've learned a lot. Yeah. And just kind of reflecting back over all of the episodes and the interviews we've done, I think learned a lot about myself and how I interact with others and also hearing everyone's stories of failure or their career paths and things like that have just helped validate some of the questions and thoughts I've had about my own. And I think that has been one of the biggest learnings is just that 
you know, science is so human and everyone's just out here trying to do their best and trying to understand something about how the world works. And that's just been such a fun thing to be a part of that feels so much bigger than just us or boom. Yeah, it's hard to to pick, I think, a specific like technical learning because I think mm-hmm. every episode I learn something new yeah. <laughs> um, and things that I wasn't, I oftentimes I'm not expecting or it goes beyond mm-hmm. just we're researching or reading papers. But what we learn on the episode, I think because we hear the story behind it and the motivation mm-hmm. behind it, which doesn't always come across in research papers, which I think is cool. And, yeah. and then what Hannah's saying with overcoming failure, realizing that there's so many people that I think we look up to in the field and oftentimes we just see the final result of incredible work and that's really inspiring, but we don't see all of the times that didn't work leading up to that. And so having the chance and and having people be so open and sharing that I think has helped me be more resilient in my life and research and knowing that these things happen and there's still progress and it's still moving towards something bigger. And then I think seeing all the different types of biomechanics work Mm -hmm. and how everything kind of comes together. But there's so many branches and people working on so many different things, which is just really incredible to see, but that we're all still kind of working towards the same goal of helping people. And that to me is also really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing I've loved about this podcast as being a fan and now a uh, assistant to it uh, throughout (laughs) the years is just celebrating the humanity of biomechanics because these people are individuals. They're more than a publication, a website, and a name. They are the stories behind their work as well. Mm. And the flip side of that question is then, uh, have you felt any tangible impacts of boom in others? And I'm most interested to know if you've ever been asked for an autograph due to your level of biomechanic celebrity. You take that one. (laughs) (laughs) We have been asked to take photos, you know, and and we love that. And people have recognized us by our voice. Not our faces. Not our faces, so... (laughs) So (laughs) um, that's been actually so fun. I think what's been the most rewarding has been the notes that we Mm -hmm. get, like emails or DMs from people just thanking us for doing the podcast and sharing, whether it's someone who wasn't in the field or in a tangential field and then listened to the podcast and now wants to pursue a career in biomechanics or is more interested in biomechanics or people in the field that have said that it's helped them to be able to hear other people's stories that they wouldn't necessarily be talking to these people and these professors. And now it feels like they're part of the conversation with them. And that's definitely been mm-hmm. the most meaningful, I think, has been those personal messages. Yeah. And it was funny, like when we'd email people in the beginning, it'd be like, do you want to be on an interview for a biomechanics podcast? And they were like, sure, super excited. But now sometimes we email professors and they're like, oh, I heard a boom or oh, my students listen to boom. And oh, we did an you know, educational assignment on boom last week. And we're like, what? Like, yeah, it's just been so cool. Yeah. Um, That's probably one of the most fun ones, too, is hearing that that a class assignment yeah yeah. was to listen to an episode of boom and everyone could pick their own episode and then they wrote what they learned and she cat Steele, shared what they wrote about it and with us and that just really meant the world to us we have like a good things folder that Mm -hmm. we put all of these in a celebrate folder yeah yeah so (laughs) so full so wonderful things (laughs) so you can add to that (laughs) thank you all well as a boom confession i actually in the virtual 2021 RC conference, I saw Melissa's name and I was like, that's one of the boom girls. <laughs> boom doctors. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, we're growing up. We're growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny to hear because we don't really know what other people are thinking, you know, when they're listening to the podcast. We, it's like we so funny because they're still so like, we feel like we connect with, with everyone that's listening. And when we talk to people about it, it's like, it's so cool to hear the feedback on it. But in reality, we're not really getting any feedback on what we're doing we're or saying. We're just alone in this room. <laughs> So it's really nice to to hear that, yeah. So I wanted to ask about uh, what challenges you've faced over the past 50 episodes of Boom, either in the podcast or just maintaining the podcast and how you've overcome that. We don't, I don't think we faced any challenges. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds nice. (laughs) Uh, No, I think it's different, different types of challenges, you know, trying to juggle Boom with, getting a PhD is wasn't always easy at times. And especially at the beginning, we're getting going, we're editing mm-hmm. the episodes ourselves. There's a lot of behind the scenes things. And as we keep growing too, and like, I think I'm like, okay, we'll get more help. And then I'm like, well, now I want to do more. So now we grow boom. And then it like, I think it just isn't stopping. But I think it's just because we are so passionate about it and excited. But I think all the challenges have been good challenges Mm -hmm. because they've all been because we've been growing and wanting to Mm -hmm. do more and reach more people. So they've all been pretty positive. I think the pandemic was challenging when we weren't together for a while. That was probably the hardest to keep our energy up. And yeah, I mean, I know it was a terrible time for everyone. When we weren't together recording, that was always hard because Mm – like sometimes we do a little dance before we start or sometimes we just like have a little debrief before we start. And we just, it was hard to get that energy and excitement for those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think for every challenge, like I'm impressed with how we grow from them. Mm-hmm. And again, back to that sort of buddy system, it's so nice to like have each other to, you know, check in on and check in on how things should grow or change. And so that when we do have these challenges, you have someone else to to go through it with and it doesn't feel so i don't know devastating yeah, as if yeah. as it would i would yeah. imagine if you were yeah. Alone. yeah yeah going through it as a team i'm sure helps yeah uh, mm. and now yeah. a bigger team and now a bigger yeah. team yeah which has been so fun like yeah, yeah. i think and that's really been our the favorite community, i mean the community has like been so supportive yeah. since we started like there's never been a time where i didn't feel completely supported by like the International Society of Biomechanics and our advisor, Scott, and, and the lab. We've had so much mm-hmm. support from day one that any challenge we faced has been, yeah. you know, there's so many people that we can turn to and ask for help. So it's been pretty incredible in that way. Yeah. So thank you all out there. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll actually circle back to the team a little bit later. But I just want to ask first, what is something that both of you appreciate about each other? Throughout your 50 episodes of Boom Together. Aww. Want me to start? I can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'll give to Hannah some time to think. <laughs> Hannah said there's no challenges. I don't appreciate anything about Melissa. Boom is on autopilot. You know, I just felt like I, you know, I just like to add a little spice to the interview. Yeah. She likes to keep me on my toes. I think Which I can is name, something that I really like about Hannah. Something I really appreciate is even, t- well, I always knew Hannah was somebody who cares deeply about people and also cares deeply about hearing people's stories and learning from people. But I think even to this day, sometimes I'm still surprised by the questions that that Hannah asks and how much they get to the root of like who a person is or their story. It always just 
brings a different perspective and such a, like you were saying, kind of a humanity to things. And I think it's very rare to find someone who can do that so easily. And I always like really appreciate that about you. And also just being there for each other as friends too has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't tell we're friends outside of Boom. Mm -hmm. This this actually isn't a facade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah. it's just in character uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, um actually i loved this question michael and i was so happy you put it in and i was not when i was thinking about it like hey the list is like too long it's like when people we ask people for their fails and they're like oh i can't how do i just pick this one that's kind of how i felt with this question and um and i think I think what, if you know Melissa, the quality that comes out so amazingly and yeah, so brightly is just her energy. And I think somehow, like before Boom, I have a confession that I was not a podcast person, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) Melissa is a podcast person. So, and like when she was like, you want to do like this podcast with me? I was like, sure, I'll take more time to hang out with you. (laughs) Like that sounds like a great deal um, to chat and hang out with you. But like the energy that she brings, like I find myself like I so enjoy listening to Boom episodes minus my own voice, but listening to her energy and what she brings, I think it just translates somehow in a way that I haven't gotten with other podcasts. You bring that energy to the podcast, to the people around you, to your family, to everyone and to your work. So, um, yeah. Well, Hannah, yes, ands me and everything and the energy (laughs) and anything that like any ideas we come up, we just build off of each other so well. And actually what I think would be surprising to people is Hannah and I are quite different people, but I think we have such aligned values in Mm. wanting to know the person behind the science, wanting to understand someone's story, share that with people, help teach Mm -hmm. people, increase access to knowledge about not just biomechanics, but the the person side of biomechanics. And I think we've been able to keep that value at the forefront and sort Mm -hmm. of guide us through everything. And the way we think actually is quite different in the way, you know, we process things, the way we, the things that we like or don't like about mm. the podcast too. Um, the movies we The like. movie, <laughs> have very different movie tastes. <laughs> but I think we have these underlying mm. principles that keep us going and have made it definitely like worth it to overcome any of the challenges and, and easy to do that. Awesome. Uh, so the next question actually comes from one of our team members. Uh, from Chris Schmitz asking, where do you find inspiration? Mm. It was not clarify uh, in what aspect you find inspiration. So I'm going to ask in life, work, and boom. Ooh, Ooh. life, work, and boom. They're all the same. Yeah, I was just going to say I feel like we just keep coming back to this, but in the people in each of those aspects, that yeah. I would say, yeah, that's your answer too. Yeah. I think, no, no, I, I agree. I think in the people, I think nature also traveling, which I've missed mm. greatly. I find like that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from dancing, from meeting, from meeting new people, from having good times with the people I'm around now, listening to <laughs> learning. So me, like I do, I do, I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts, but it's because I love learning and I find that to be a fun way to learn. But I think even I love reading books too. So a lot of different sources. You consume and, a lot of content. I, don't I know consume how. a lot of content and not necessarily just about biomechanics. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps me energized in biomechanics. So are, are learning other things outside of it and then 
thinking like, okay, how can we use this? How can we make our podcast better like this? How can we make biomechanics mm-hmm. better like this? Those mm-hmm. are the things that really give me energy. Mm-hmm. I guess, so I said I didn't like podcasts, but I love listening to commencement speeches. I ah. just think they have a lot of wisdom and like, I don't know, they bring, you know, the 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 speakers, different speakers bring like their own little, you know, flair to each one. And some of my favorites are This is Water by David Foster Wallace. And Mary Schmidt also has one that I learned. It's in the Chicago Tribune. It was published. It's called Always Wear Sunscreen. And I always thought it, that's my favorite commencement speech. And I only recently learned that it actually was a satire on commencement speeches. But I think it was like, <laughs> really good. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Um, but I, it, it's, it's really good. So <laughs> Always Wear Sunscreen. Well, that answer actually brought another question to mind about how do you guys deal with burnout, both in work and if you felt it in boom? I mean, who hasn't felt that, especially yeah. in the past few years? There's a lot of ways that I try to deal with burnout and like a lot of self-care practices from like staying active to meditating to reading to mm-hmm. being outside, being somewhere new to new spaces that, that also really helps with burnout. Kind of all the things that I'm saying give me energy and inspire me. Yeah. 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 It tends, I feel like burnout happens when you aren't giving yourself those things or you kind of let those things go. I love like self-help books. I love, I reading like that's my favorite genre. I think like self-improvement. I think it gives me ideas for new ways to, to think about things and reframe things. And I think reminding myself of the bigger picture a lot of times I get burned out when I'm so deep in, in my work and I, I forget the bigger picture and reminding myself to not be so serious sometimes is actually just like the best thing that, that yeah. I can do. Yeah. I feel like a lot of burnout is just like a reframe and your body, like everything feels so exhausting. And then I will talk to someone about it and like they reframe or normalize it and it feels okay again. And I think that's one thing I've loved about our podcast is normalizing these things that feel devastating and like you're the only one Mm. suffering from it um and I do feel like yeah burnout is like it's kind of it's if you expect it to it's gonna happen like we're in these fields and we're in occupations that require a lot of us and I think knowing that it's gonna happen and knowing how to knowing these practices that help nourish you and energize you when you do, when it does happen are like, yeah, the best you can do. yeah. It's kind of like collecting. I feel like I like to collect a lot of tools yeah. and I try to use them, the ones that work the best regularly. And then, but I know, I feel like I have more confidence in that when I do feel burnout, I know that I have this like assortment mm-hmm. of tools that I can mm-hmm. lean on and, and try different things. I also love experimenting with different things too, and trying new things and kind of picking the things out that, that resonate with me. Yeah, I love to answer Hannah about talking about um, reaching out to other people mm-hmm. and getting help reframing and just that theme of like humanity and, and community throughout this episode. Yeah. Melissa, which one of your tools would be the hammer that you just hit everything with? Whoa. <laughs> it I like it. <laughs> it might be dancing. <laughs> I think it is moving my body. Like, I think that is like, that's the biggest it's biomechanic. one. <laughs> yeah. That was so full circle. We could end the episode. <laughs> no, I, but I think it, I think going through even the past few years, having a lot of surgeries where it has been really challenging to move. And I realized what a huge effect that had on my mental health and then having to be more creative and moving in different ways. It's been really neat to just realize that 
even if it's not the ways that I thought that I needed to move or like want to move, I can still find other ways to, to do that. And it still is like really, really helpful. And also I think the people, people in movement, ideally together, you oh. know, dancing together with people. <laughs> yeah. There's been some Fridays there were most, I just need to burn off some steam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We floor. like to celebrate on the dance floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As You're anyone that's been to a conference with us probably knows, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can find us on the dance floor at the reception. <laughs> Melissa, I keep thinking about all the ways that we could use the stage motion system for movement training through wearable haptic feedback. Me too. It made me think about our in-lab interventions to improve gait symmetry for stroke patients and how awesome it would be if they could access that from their own homes. Definitely. It is so portable, easy to use, and could be personalized for different people. It was so nice to hear from the team, too, directly in our personal demo. Yeah, and our listeners can sign up for their own demo at sagemotion.com demo and write boom in the comment box and then let us know your ideas for using it. I'm actually not going to pass it off to Jessica Hunter, who's another one of our boom team members, and she's going to talk a bit about the current state of boom and, and future directions. So, Jessica, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for, for letting me join. It's great Hi. to see you. Yeah. We're so happy that you're here on this episode and also to have you on the team. It's been a lot of fun so far. Why don't you just give a quick little intro for the listeners? Sure. I'm Jessica, as Michael said, and uh, I finished my PhD in 2020 during the middle of the kind of the worst part of the pandemic, which was rough. So like you mentioned, Melissa, thanks, Michael. <laughs> like you mentioned, Melissa, with the burnout, it was uh, it was real at that point. And then I worked for a little over a year on a project uh, with the Biodesign Lab at Harvard on some wearable devices to track resistance training. And then since September, I've been on the job market. So that's an ongoing project <laughs> that hopefully will turn into a job soon. Love that. <laughs> when we are talking about burnout, I don't know why this just popped up and I feel like called to, to say this, but I also think... Um, resting, like giving ourselves space and time to actually just rest when we need it. And I think I just needed to say that because sometimes I feel like we don't value that time as much as we should and just, okay, we're burnt out. We need to take some time off. So anyway, I feel like thing to to add to that. <laughs> for sure. I think for me, it's it's it was about like having boundaries. And I think that's probably part of the hardest part of maybe not so much now, but when everybody was stuck at home, there's no separation between work time and at home mm -hmm. relaxing time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's like a normal problem, I think, in academia of like, I need to work and I need to have fun. So I'm not going to do either. And I'm going to be miserable about both kind of a situation. <laughs> and it's even worse when you're just, yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you've seen the memes about it, right? But it's even worse when you're just at home and there's really no separation. It's not like I can go to the lab right. and work hard for eight hours and then come home and feel like, yeah. okay, worked hard for eight hours. I can just do something else and relax now. So I think that was, for me, even still, that's one of the things that it's the hardest to accomplish, but I think it's the most effective in terms mm -hmm. of not being burned out, like setting work time. And then when it's done, just have you know free time leisure time or workout time or whatever you want to do netflix whatever yes yes well so to pick up off of some of michael's questions and how he's mentioned some growth that the boom podcast has gone through so far um now that you're 50 episodes in how would you describe the current state of boom compared to your expectations when you first started well, I feel like starting out, we like, I don't want to give the impression that we had anything completely <laughs> laid out and had a five year plan and, you know, yeah. knew exactly what we were doing. Like, I think 
the fun part was just getting to take our, like Melissa said, our love for humans and their stories and biomechanics and just create something that achieved that mm-hmm. and, and showcase that. And um, so I think that that was our original goal. And then I think mm-hmm. we were able to formulate more distinct, clear goals from that, which has been a, a really fun evolution to articulate what Boom is. And so those three goals are improving accessibility to science, building community, and improving scientific culture. That's our three hallmark pillars of, of Boom right now. And I think it's what we've built. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about where that's going? Where that's going. I think <laughs> we just want to continue to increase access to to biomechanics, to science more generally. We love building community and expanding the reach of Boom, both through the podcast. Um, we have some other ideas and things that are going on that we're excited about that we can talk about more um, that are going beyond just podcasting. We, we've been able to do that because we have been able to add more people to the team too, which is something that mm. I don't think we could have dreamed up a while ago. <laughs> and, and having starting to have some sponsorship where we can outsource some of the behind-the-scenes things has been really important. All of this is making us really excited for what may be possible in the future. And it's kind of hard to, I think, know exactly what that looks like. But what we love is the fun that it brings to the community. And I definitely think that we want to keep we'll keep all of our goals and missions in mind Mm -hmm. moving forward. That's awesome. So you talked about your three goals for the future and some of the expansion of the team. So can you tell me about how the goals for each team have helped you further your overall goals for the podcast and what the difference it's made to have all of these people helping you? I was just going to say, I think those three overarching goals exist in each team, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is really nice. But then the teams have helped us to sort of articulate what are the steps to getting to some of those larger goals? What are the sub goals under each of those? But it's been so fun to have a team that shares this vision and people that are just excited about Boom and want to also see it grow and also have brought in our own perspectives of what Boom can be and what Boom is to people because it's just so fun to have a diverse team that brings all of those different insights. And so we have three sub teams within our Boom family, which would be the we have the social media team, which they have been so amazing in spreading what's going on with Boom, sharing whether it's parts of episodes, other fun facts about biomechanics, and really building that community mm-hmm. through social media. And then we have the management team, which has helped so much with the behind the scenes things, which allows us to focus on the things that we really love, which is the interviews and and thinking about the future of Boom. And so the management team has been really instrumental in helping us stay organized and keep everything up and running, really. And then, and also ideas for, you know, new guests to bring and, and things like that. And then the outreach team has been amazing in thinking about ways that we can collaborate with other podcasts, other scientists, mm-hmm. sponsorships, things like that, where we can continue to grow boom, work with other people, really try to make the biggest impact that we can. And so they've helped us start the new newsletter that we have. Beyond just companies and research labs and things that have been sponsoring Boom or societies, we've also now can have like individual support through Patreon. Yeah, so we we set up a Patreon page. So for people who aren't familiar with Patreon, it's a format that a lot of podcasters use, but really any kind of content or media creators use it too. But we set up a Patreon page and we set up three levels of individual donations. So 
you know, if you're a grad student and you love listening to Boom, you can sign up to be an individual patron to our podcast and decide, you know, which level of sponsorship works for you and your budget. And, and then it charges you every month. So basically you'd be paying per podcast and you can decide to pay for either $3, $5 or $10 per podcast, um, depending on what works for you. And then, you know, you get shout outs and some swag depending on the level that you choose. And then Hannah and Melissa, you can probably talk a little bit more, you know, in detail about what the financial support actually, you know, allows us to do and, and what that kind of support helps in terms of production. But that's more for like the individuals who, you know, love Boom and really want to support the work that you're doing, but, you know, where it doesn't make sense to, to um, sponsor an entire episode or have ads or something like that. So individuals can get involved and do their part. Thank you for sharing all that. And yeah, we, we have been so excited that we have been able to have so much support throughout the years. So we've had the International Society of Biomechanics. We've had our lab, the Neuromuscular Biomechanics Lab, and the Wusai Human Performance Alliance. We've had Stanford Health, which is not, not Stanford, Stanford. <laughs> which is confusing because we're from Stanford. But anyway. They're in South Dakota. Um, okay. <laughs> and our most recent sponsor, um, Sage Motion. So we are working with them now in a collaboration and we're, we have a couple other ones in the works. Um, but it's nice to have this sort of opportunity if you're an individual and would like to support us. It's, it's mostly in this transition that Hannah and I are both in after graduating, but really wanting to continue boom. And we love that it's been able to have a positive impact on, on the community and want to be able to continue that. And in order to do that, needing to have extra hands to mm-hmm. help support us with behind the scenes things. We love having workshops, design thinking workshops that we're hoping to continue on and and sort of expand in that way too so we can add additional educational tools and outreach through Boom. So there's a lot of fun things happening and it's been because of the support that we've been fortunate enough to have. You've mentioned the behind the scenes aspects of the podcast, but what are some of the things that you spend time on besides the time that you spend recording? I'm sure it's it's very time consuming, right? That's why not everybody's doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like when we were starting out, we didn't even realize what it took to make a podcast. And then as we were getting bigger and building, we started to add more things on. It was just exciting to be growing, but then realizing yeah, that it really does take a good chunk of time to put an episode together. So from finding someone to interview, researching, doing you know a few hours of research on their background and both of us will do that and then we'll figure out what the questions are going to be and I should say that ignored reaching out to the person and going back and forth about scheduling. (laughs) Um, People thankfully are so excited. Everyone we've reached out to has been excited to talk to us um, but it doesn't mean that our schedules everyone's busy it doesn't mean schedules line up easily Mm -hmm. so finding a time recording platforms we've tried different recording platforms so we had to have to pay for like those types of subscriptions to, right. and stuff we've used money to have nicer equipment to improve the quality a lot of the things we use money for is to have good quality make things easier to listen to and watch yeah and then we do the actual recording we outsource the editing portion of it but there's still time that goes into organizing all the audio and clips because we have the bit of boom we have the main audio we have different parts of audio that we need to get together for that write the episode description things like that and then review everything that's made give edits and comments on it and then get those up into our social media so that's creating that content 
now we have our website. So then we're editing the website to add it to there and sharing it through that way. So yeah, there's a decent amount of work that goes into each episode Mm -hmm. other than just the actual recording part, which is the fun part. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like making a mental list of everything you're saying. And I'm like, that sounds like what, 20 hours per episode, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely over 10, probably 10 to 15 an episode. Yeah. And but that's also split up. That's probably each person. I can see why having people to help you do research and then being able to outsource some of the editing would be extremely helpful then. Extremely, yeah. Although I'll admit it was really hard to hand that off because I think when we're editing it, we can make it exactly how I'm saying we. Uh, <laughs> like I can make it how I want. <laughs> but it it was really fun to do that and really creative. And Hannah also helped with a lot of the editing. And I think we... I like had a lot of fun doing that, but eventually realized I can't spend 10 hours editing an episode in addition to the 10 hours plus that we're already doing just to like get it going, even if it is fun. So now it's more of like being okay that there might be some more ums or extra words that I don't want in there, but accepting that and and appreciating all the help that we're, we're given and just kind of just giving feedback on it instead. That's awesome. One of the other things that you mentioned, but we haven't really talked about it in detail yet, are some of the outside sponsorships that you've had for sponsoring individual episodes or, or having some ads throughout the episodes. So how does sponsorship help you? And if people are interested in sponsorship, you know, if they have a, a company that they think the Boom listeners would be particularly interested in learning about, how could they accomplish becoming a sponsor with us? I would say just reach out, right? Our email, biomechanicsonourminds at gmail, or you can go to our website, biomechanicsonourminds.com, and there's a sponsorship page. You can see what that involves and who else is helping to sponsor us currently. And we're happy to just set up a chat. And we've already had some nice interest from different companies and talked about different options for what we might do, You know, whether it's demoing um, a short demo video or a full episode highlighting something exciting about biomechanics that their company enables. Because I think at the end of the day, one thing that we want to stress is that we're still all about biomechanics and the fun and exciting insights that we can get from biomechanics. And these companies all build tools that can help us discover new things like that. But we want to make sure we're still focused on the research and those insights at the end of the day. Yeah. And things that can benefit, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our students, I mean, a lot of our listeners are students too. So things that students might be interested in and ways to support students. I think we're also Mm -hmm. thinking of programs that we can do through Boom, for example, Student Voices, where we can give other students platforms Mm -hmm. to share their research or conduct interviews. Like Hannah and I mentioned, we want to do more workshops for students and the type of sponsorship we can get from companies can really allow us to help more students. Regarding Patreon, I realized I did not give the website, so I should probably do that. So for people who want to be a sponsor on Patreon, they can just go to patreon.com slash biomechanics on our minds. There you go. And we'll add it in the episode description. So it's in the newsletter and I believe it's on the website now too. So multiple ways to support Boom for individuals. (laughs) Or just leave us a nice review. Only good things to say. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jessica. We really appreciate having you and your expertise also on our outreach team. Like you've just already brought in so much good energy and perspective to Boom. So thank you. And thanks for, for being part of the team. My pleasure. It's been, it's been awesome to work with you so far. And thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah.
Well, thank you, Dr. Jessica Hunter. I'm sorry I did not uh, label you correctly as another boom doctor. That is correct. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up along the vein of the normal, normal episode ending with a little twist at the beginning. Um, talking about research fails, of all the fails you've encountered from guests on the podcast, do any stick out as being particularly memorable? Ooh. What was the one that tore – didn't Tor light something on fire? Yeah. I think any of the ones that involved fire or the last one we had with Mike that involved stabbing. People wiped out their computers. Yes. It was recent, but Mike's stabbing was a very yeah, that was, yeah, Mike yeah. Accidentally memorable. Yeah, Mike stabbing his advisor. Certainly memorable, yes. <laughs> Everyone's safe. In case yeah. you haven't listened to that episode. With a needle, not like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if that makes it better. <laughs> It was part of an experiment. That's all. (laughs) So can you tell us about a time where you felt like you failed and what you learned from it? The list is so long. Just kidding. That's what everyone. It's not really a failure. It's a learning experience. (laughs) No, I feel like we share a lot of the things that we failed. You know, from breaking machines to so many things. I found so many typos in my papers. I feel like we've talked about that. Oh yes. Yeah, typos in code. That yeah. almost went into papers. Sending emails before they're finished. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that a lot. <laughs> if I was thinking if there was any like boom failures re- with yeah. regards to boom, but um, almost losing an episode. Almost losing an episode. We talked we've about done that a yeah, couple times. yeah. But overall, I feel like we've been pretty lucky. We somehow haven't recorded a whole episode like on mute or something. We had an argument, not argument. That's like we too had strong a of a word. Full on fight. <laughs> <laughs> this microphone has a manual mute button, and when it's muted, the there's a light on it that blinks. But when it's not muted, the light is constant, which almost I don't know. To me, both of those states are ambiguous. Like it's not obvious which one is related mm-hmm. to which. So. Mm-hmm. We never, we're always like, are we muted? Are we not? We can't seem to remember. Yeah. But anyway. So that's a little bit of a fail. <laughs> Actually, I think I remember probably my biggest fail in grad school was buying this desk. You talk about desk that. I we bought. talked about that. We used to talk about this a lot. And I feel like it's been a while. But looking <laughs> back, I think I, I had to buy a desk for our lab for the, our motion capture lab. And I was supposed to buy one that looked like all the other desks, which were brown and sort of like a bean, a shape. bean shape. And there weren't any at Ikea. So I just bought this like massive like black desk with like all these like shelving and it looked really cool. And then I put it in the lab and I think my advisor just about had an aneurysm when he walked in the lab. <laughs> and so my desk that just stuck out like a sore thumb and it's been I joke ever since then. I now since then have a different desk, but I will always remember that day. Right. And every time Scott walked into the lab, he would be like, there's that desk again. <laughs> anyway. Well, then the last question, which is also asked by um, listener Avery Kratzer, what are you most excited for for the future of biomechanics? The future of biomechanics? Yeah, what are you most excited about for the future of biomechanics? Woo! I feel like... We talked about it a little bit yeah. already with yeah. the future of neuromechanics question. Yeah. So to give it answer that's maybe a little bit different about than that and getting back to our people-centric theme that we keep, keep visiting, um, I'm just excited for there to be different people in biomechanics than have been previously. 
And I mean that in a like diversity sense and perspective sense. And I was getting ice cream with a friend last night. We were talking about how, like, how do we change this culture of academia where it's like sort of these, that some of some fields still feel very traditional and like we're doing things because that's the way we've always done them. And, mm-hmm. you know, who does it take to change those traditions um, and rock the boat a little bit. Mm. And I think it takes people from different backgrounds. Even Melissa and I had very different upbringings. And I, I, I'm excited by people entering the field and supporting those people that are that are more diverse. And hopefully they're entering a field that feels more inclusive because of the community that we're building. I totally agree. I think it's the interdisciplinary nature and I think the yeah. international nature yeah. of science that's becoming more pronounced and that to me is really exciting when I when I meet researchers from all over the world and we can all share our learnings and get excited about research and have new ideas and the fact that we can so easily do that now is it's really exciting it's not just at conferences we can make this happen you know all the time and and I think the the focus is more now or less I think on producing as much as possible. And I think we are considering like the people behind the science more. And I think that's been maybe looked down on in the past, taking time for yourself and focusing on mental health and these sorts of things. But in reality, these things are what's actually making us productive and happier. And that's going to lead to better science at the end of the day. So I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to see things moving in that direction too. And like having fun with science. I don't think that rigorous scientific work and having fun need to be mutually exclusive, right? Like we can enjoy what we're doing in our work and, you know, that can actually end up benefiting the science too. So. And in the field, I mean, those are things that also excite me as well is being a, a younger, newer face in the field of biomechanics, but those are all great things to be excited about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really, yeah, I, I just want to say how thankful we are for everything. I thank you both for being here on this episode, but also thank you to all the listeners for all their support and the whole community for support their support. I can't believe we're on yeah. the 50th. I think we've had over 100 episodes total, um, which we haven't taken the time to really celebrate before. So I'm glad that we're doing it for the, fir- the 50th, yeah. you know, official classic boom episode, taking this time to really recognize where the podcast has come it's in the over the past four years or so mm-hmm. um and just so excited to that we are going to have the opportunity to keep it going and yeah really yeah. feeling grateful thanks for letting us share our stories and also sharing your stories with us we've appreciated all of them and we look forward to hearing more and sharing more well thank you so much to both of you melissa and hannah dr boswell dr o'day the boom doctors for taking the time to be on Boom. If you enjoyed this interview and learned something new from the episode, make sure to let us know. Share the episode with somebody you think might find value in it. Uh, before we wrap this episode up, we're going to share a research fail. So I actually sent an email to a coworker just recently that was just hi, their name, accidentally hit tab, hit enter, meaning to go down the line, sent them the email. Hi. <laughs> I love they that. that. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Thank you to the International Society of Biomechanics, the Stanford Neuromuscular Biomechanics Lab, um, for all their support, and to Peter Washington for providing the music to Boom. And congratulations to him for also defending. Yeah, we should take a moment to just just celebrate Peter (laughs) because he brought us all the great music you hear. He's just a great human in general, and he is always up for anything. (laughs) Thank you, Peter Washington. Thank you, Peter Washington. (laughs) 
And if you'd like to submit a research fail, someone an interview, you'd like to get involved with our boom team, email us at biomechanicsonourminds at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at biomechanicsoom. And be sure to check out Boom on YouTube as well. And just rate us, subscribe to us, do all the things. <laughs> yeah. We should also say that we would love to do more shout-outs and, and celebrations. Mm. So if you're interested and you want to celebrate someone, whether that's celebrating something you've done or celebrating a lab member, let us know and we'll we'll celebrate on Boom with you. Yeah, we'll shout it out and then you can <laughs> you can play them the episode and they will be shocked. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Melissa. And I'm Hannah. And I'm Michael. I'm Jessica. Bye. 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 Bye.